Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to the Donut Racing Show, everyone, where we bring a broken wireframe spectacles mindset to the monocle clutching podium of Formula One racing. That intro. Hitting a little too close for me. Most of my glasses, until probably this very pair I'm wearing right now, have been repaired with super glue at some point in their lifespan. My name is Nolan Sykes. I'm joined, as always, by my two co-hosts. We've got auto journalists and authors, Elizabeth Blackstock. Hello, hello. And Alanis King. Hi. How is everybody doing today after this wild race weekend? Well, you know, today I had an eight-hour drive to Oklahoma, and when I got here, I thought, I am going to sample the local flavors, and I pulled right up to Chili's. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have like a, um, you know, like McDonald's, you know, internationally, <laughs> they have uh, the, the local takes on the cuisine mm -hmm. over there, famously. Uh, d does McDonald's have any sort of Oklahoma or sorry, does Chili's have any Oklahoma special dishes on the menu there? I don't think so. You're asking the person who probably has ordered the same thing every every time. That's so true. <laughs> actually, that's exactly what I do. Um, I saw someone because tonight is Halloween right now as I'm speaking. I saw someone in there with a clown like face paint, like clown face paint. I saw a little girl with a Barbie shirt. I saw lots of people in costumes at the local Chili's in Oklahoma. Hopefully not in the kitchen. I do not want any sort of fake wig hair uh, <laughs> clown makeup in my margarita chicken. Uh, so Chili's, I hope you guys are keeping a close eye on that. Also, please consider my my regional specialty dish idea. I think would be uh, you guys would really gain a lot from that. Uh, uh, Liz, how are things going in your neck of the woods? They've been pretty quiet. Um, recovering from the United States Grand Prix still. Uh, that's pretty much the extent of what I've been doing with my life. Um, I've celebrated my mom's birthday and went to a restaurant that I order the exact same thing at 
every single time. Um, I wrote, I think, like 15 articles about the race. I'm still working on a couple. Uh, yeah, I did a lot of interviews, a lot of features, a lot of news stories. Um, and now I just am ready to die. Including uh, you guys, I also I had a few coworkers go to the U.S. Grand Prix a few weeks ago, and it also took them about a week and a half to recover. I think Jerry is still recovering as he did not show up to work today, even though uh, James, Justin, Job, and I all dressed up as Jeremiah for Halloween, and he not knowing that it. he w- he missed it. He did not show up to work. Uh, we all donned uh, Ducati t-shirts, uh, tight. <laughs> Our tightest pants, in my case, these are like sweat joggers, and then oh, the most no. outrageous shoes that we own, uh, and Jerry was not here to see it. We posted the picture in the, the the Donut Media Slack, and all that Jerry could muster was uh, LOL, and that was it. I wow, felt a little, Jerry. I felt a little uh, underwhelmed with his response, um, so I'll be, take, I'll be taking him to task uh, when I see him <laughs> in person. The race yesterday, I went... I don't usually do this before a race, but I had a wild hair. I went to the grocery store beforehand, got myself some snacks. I got some guacamole, got some chips, um, you know, Mexican Grand Prix. And then I also bought, I got some Oreos and ate like two rows of those things during the race. (laughs) I was feeling quite disgusted with myself. Uh, I respect it though. Let's talk about some racing. In today's episode, we're talking about the Mexico City Grand Prix. But first... We're going to talk about what else happened this week. Well, we have yet more cost cap controversy news. Uh, We talked about this in brief a few episodes ago, but the full FIA report and the punishments were finally handed out to Red Bull and also Aston Martin on Friday. Red Bull's so-called minor breach was $2.2 million over the $145 million limit. Um, It's worth mentioning that the FIA stated that if a tax credit had been applied correctly, they'd only be half a million over. That's still a lot of money. Sky Sports reported that it has now been confirmed by the FIA that Red Bull made errors on budget cap costs such as catering, social security contributions, apprenticeship levies, unused spare parts for the car, and charging certain costs to Red Bull powertrains. It just seems like a little bit of an, an accounting mess. Their punishment is a measly $7 million fine if you're considering the fact that they were $2.2 million over. That's kind of nothing. Um, and they also ha- have a 10% reduction in wind tunnel time over the next 12 months. They were already set to have less time in the wind tunnel. And a wind tunnel is essentially a big tunnel of air where F1 teams test and perfect the aerodynamics of their car. Because they won the World Constructors Championship, you automatically already get less. Uh, So there's a sliding scale of wind tunnel runs in F1, depending on where a team finishes. Because they won, they have 25 runs instead of the normal 28. Uh, And the $7 million fine is not a reduction in their budget cap for next year, which is $135 million. Essentially, Red Bull's punishment for spending too much money is spending more money, which I think perfectly sums up what Formula One is all about. The FIA said that Red Bull would have gotten a lesser response had they admitted to doing, you know, actually breaking the cost cap. And they kind of sort of halfway admitted that they had done something just to keep it from dragging out longer. Christian Horner was asked if the team owes an apology to fans in a press conference. And in typical Christian Horner style, he replied, and I quote, 
To be honest with you, we are due an apology from our rivals for the claims that have been made. We make no apology for the way that we have performed and acted. There was no intent, nothing dishonest, and there was certainly no cheating involved, which has been alleged in certain quarters. I maintain that you could be walking down the street and Christian Horner could stick his foot out and trip you on purpose and then convince you that you were in the wrong spot. You are absolutely correct. Like, this is what this man does. He will go into a press conference about breaking the cost cap and he'll be like, actually, you broke the morality of the sport by (laughs) saying that I broke the cost cap and that's not right. And you broke the moral cap. And I would argue that morals are worth more than money. And you're just like, what? It's astounding how dedicated this team is to always being the maligned hero in any situation. It doesn't matter what has happened, but they have always been done dirty no matter what. It's uh, it's really great uh, PR from a a fan base perspective, you know, if you kind of weed out the people who wouldn't be fans of yours earlier on and the people who stick on with these trains every time he says something like this tend to be tend to be more devoted with each statement, I think. Back to that wind tunnel thing really quick. With the World Constructors Championship, Red Bull was slated to get 28 runs. Now they only have 25. Compared to 25 total, that doesn't seem like a lot, but maybe, I mean, yeah. I'm not a F1 engineer, so there probably is a lot to be gleaned in three sessions. They're just going to have to get more stuff done in less time now. But still, it doesn't feel punitive enough. Toto Wolf from Mercedes actually came out and said that they intend on breaking the cost cap because <laughs> of this, like, because there was no punishment, which I highly respect. And I think, you know, like, that's essentially what the FIA just set up is that it, it gave a loophole for all of these other teams to just do whatever they want to do. That's the thing. You had to come out and penalize this very harshly. And of course, Christian Horner's over here like, oh, oh, we're being destroyed. And it's like, you're fine. You're fine. Um, But you had to come down on this so harshly. You needed to cut it from their actual budget. Mm-hmm. You needed to do something that materially impacts their team further than just wind tunnel. Because if you don't, the game plan and the strategy will be to break the cost cap. The only real response to this honestly would have been taking away something like significant, like a championship or the prize money that comes up with it or yes. something along those lines, because this is not going to do anything to anyone. This is not a deterrent in the future. This is just going to be, you can spend however much money you want within this minor cost cap breach that they've lined out and everyone's going to do it. Everyone's going to do it. It's, it's going to be I fine. think taking away the title, I don't think the FIA would have had the balls to do that, and it would have been such a huge – it would be a global kind of event. Like, I think every news agency in the world would be talking about it. I think it would have been – it makes sense, but it, it would just – I don't think it would be worth it. But your idea about taking away the prize money, I think uh, that's something that probably was considered, but that's what, the, that's what they should have done. But I mean, like, there are so many ways that you can get this wrong, and there are so many ways that you can create loopholes, and I just, I don't know that the FIA gave it enough time or enough thought, because the thing is, like, if you punish their future budgets, then a team will break the cost cap one year and take the penalty the next year. Like, if you do this, teams will do this. If you do this, teams will do this. You needed a hard and fast, like, hard line on this is what you needed, and I don't think we got a hard line here, and I think... Toto explained it well. Like, look, you you did not draw a hard line and you have set a precedent now 
And you cannot break that precedent because it will be a mess if you do. And like, yikes, like this is not great territory. Like, are we breaking the cost cap right now? What are we doing? Probably not because Max already won. But like, ah, it's a mess. It's just really frustrating to think like there are so many teams who stayed in the cost cap. And this is coming from Mm -hmm. me, who is a real stickler for the rules uh, oh yeah! Actively, I was a mathlete. Actively followed every rule laid out for me. Um, like it sucks that there are now going to be teams that followed the rules and feel stupid for having done so because they could have just gotten away with it. Okay, so I have a fun game. So Christian Horner is going to do something to you and then make you think it's your fault. What is it? I personally think. Christian Horner and I go to Chili's and he dines and dashes, but like I was in the bathroom, okay? And he was like, yeah, dude, I got this. I'm expensing this to the Red Bull catering account. That's why we went over the cost cap, right? Like he is like really, really playing this up, right? And then I go to the bathroom, I come back and we're good, right? And this man dines and dashes because he doesn't want it on his catering budget. What does Christian Horner do to you? Christian Horner puts on a terrible TV show and makes me think it was my idea. What's the TV show? Well, I think he's behind uh, Amazon greenlighting the Sausage Party 2 uh, <laughs> for, for coming coming soon. Uh, none of us asked for it, but apparently we did. Uh, and I, I blame Christian Horner. He's the one to blame for sure for that. Well, that's the thing is Christian Horner not only brought it into existence, but has inflicted it upon us. Oh, okay. And so and so it's actually Nolan's fault. So then Christian yes. Horner is like convincing you that this is your fault, Nolan, because you brought it up. I mean, it's not my fault. It's it's happening. It's act- it, this is something Sausage Party 2 is <laughs> is on its way. Seth Rogen is attached. He's writing the script, I think. It's happening and none of us can stop it. So this is not a McDonald's breakfast. No. no Grimace has nothing to do with this. Alanis, I'm glad you're not familiar with Sausage Party 1. I'm not. Apparently Christian Horner is. (laughs) Yes, he is responsible for this. I can't vouch for the man any longer with this knowledge. That's deflammatory, actually, Nolan. Um, This is defamation. That actually does count. That actually does count as deflammatory. That is deflammatory. Um, Christian Horner will be contacting you for this deflammatory statement. Uh, And... Other prominent constructor news, Audi has reached an agreement with Sauber to make them their works team from the 2026 season onwards. This is somewhat related to the Porsche Red Bull news that we discussed a few months ago now. Uh, Audi and Porsche are both owned by Volkswagen, so this makes sense why the Porsche deal did not go through. Volkswagen doesn't want to pay for two Formula One teams. Audi is joining F1 as a power unit supplier. That's news we've already talked about. When new regulations with increased electrical power and 100% sustainable fuels are introduced in four years, but they'll be crafting that power unit at their base in Germany while Sauber will develop and manufacture their race car in Switzerland. Sauber is also responsible for planning and executing the race operations. Sauber is a long-running team who is currently running under the Alfa Romeo banner, will become their strategic partner, and the German manufacturer announced plans to acquire a stake in the Swiss Sauber group. Alfa will end their title ship sponsor of Sauber at the end of 2023, but will keep their Ferrari power units until the end of 2025 before they take on Audi for 2026. This is really, really cool news. I can't wait to see what Audi can do with this uh, power plant. And, uh, you know, they've got so many sweet cars right now. Like, uh, we just drove, this is not related to Formula One at all, but 
probably not relevant at all, but you know, I drove a um, Audi RS3, the new one, very recently, turbocharged five cylinder engine, amazing. But they've also got the what is it, Etron GT. Mm-hmm. Very excited to see what uh, Audi can do. Uh, excited to see what drivers this news will attract to the Sauber team now. With some of the younger drivers on the grid, maybe looking forward uh, to looking at what their options are in the future. Maybe we'll see Lando Norris driving for Audi. Maybe we'll see uh, Mick Schumacher, German driver, driving for the German team. Who knows? Maybe this is Daniel Ricciardo's chance. This is... (laughs) 2026, Daniel. Just hold out. <laughs> Just hope. hold on. Well, hey, Fernando Alonso, he was out of the sport for a little while and he came back. Oh, Fernando Alonso is going to be here. He's going to be here till 2086. That man is. Fernando Alonso is going to outlive me. Fernando Alonso is good at two things sticking around in Formula One and pissing people off in Formula One. <laughs> and you know what? I resp- like I, I envy that. I want to be in Formula One forever and also piss everyone off constantly like what a legacy right i don't know i mean i used to be into it but this weekend's comments about lewis's uh championships <laughs> pretty bad pretty bad a lot of egg on fernando's face i think kind of made me lose a little bit of respect to the man to be honest oh i totally agree i'm talking in generalisms i don't think his like ways of pissing people off are correct but if i could just like kind of like skip around and piss people off and like not actually say a bunch of goofy stuff I would do that, right? But in case, um, in case you did not know, um, Fernando Alonso was speaking about championships. Essentially, Fernando Alonso was saying that Lewis Hamilton's championships mean less because he had the best car, and Max Verstappen therefore was a kind of a little bit more of a deserving championship. Which is forgetting the fact that um, Fernando Alonso won at Le Mans. Because there was no, like, there were very few other teams there were, entered. Yeah, there was no one else there. There was literally, it was just, like, Fernando just had to finish and he would win, uh, basically. So it was it was not a great look for Fernando. Lewis Hamilton responded by posting a photo of him on the top step of the podium and Fernando, I believe, in second place. At the end of this race, the greatest part was that they're showing the replays in the driver room. And it comes to the replay of Fernando and his abandoned car, which we will likely get to. Uh, and Lewis just looking on from the podium room. It was a beautiful moment of oh, karma. Oh, no. Well, so the really funny part was, like, Fernando, like, kind of clarified his comments. And he's, like, basically, like, a lot of Lewis's championships, his only challenger was his teammate, which... We forget that, like, Nico Rosberg was a very, very challenging teammate for the championship. Like, he won it and then immediately retired. And so Fernando's point was, like, Max had to race people from other teams, Lewis, to win, right? Lewis was only racing his teammate. And so the podium picture was when Lewis and Fernando were on the same team and Lewis beat him. And it was really, really, really funny. And it was just, like, perfection, right? Yeah, I, I like I root for Fernando pretty often, but man, like this was just like so petty and uncalled. I mean, I don't know. I think he he was he was probably feeling himself. He was going on a riff, much like I, I do on this show, and maybe wasn't really thinking about thinking critically about the things that he was saying. <laughs> and uh, I think a lot of people have probably I don't know. He's lost a little bit of luster, at least for now. 
Until the next spicy thing he says that people agree with. Yeah. Okay, but but here's the thing. When you get old, you kind of just say stuff because you can, right? And Fernando is getting to that age where he just says stuff because he can't. Like- Fernando is basically going to be like the Nolan Ryan of Formula One, I think. He still has like such flashes of brilliance. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You guys are from Texas, so you know who I'm talking about. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, he has, you know, brilliance pretty much every week. You'll see something crazy out of Fernando. I think he's going to be with the sport for a long time. But the but man has to. But then he pinches to... your ass at the nursing home. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm so, so sorry. That was deflammatory, wasn't it? <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. anyway thank you nolan for humoring me um yes our last little bit of news is is more fun than fernando yelling at lewis hamilton um mercedes's george russell did an ama on reddit where he let people ask him questions right and so he gets on reddit and the top question is if carlos signs crashed into you on lap one and ended your race after the first corner, would you be satisfied with a five-second penalty? The funny thing is that this was literally the week after he crashed into Carlos Sainz and got a five-second penalty. Uh, George didn't answer that. George's like, nah, we're going to skip that one. We're picking and choosing what we're answering. Um, And he kind of avoided the more aggressive comments, but he had some fun, right? So he got asked about this George Russell is the kind of guy meme, like he's the type of guy to do this. Um, And George said, 
George Russell is the type of guy to say, excuse my French after he swears. And George said, that's probably my favorite. It's pretty funny. And also the first comment on this question, which is, George Russell is the kind of guy who'd answer this question. And I was like, George, you're such a nerd. I love it. <laughs> he also got asked, would you rather fight one Yuki Tsunoda-sized duck or 100 duck-sized Yuki Tsunodas? And George said, I mean, there's not a huge difference between one Yuki Tsunoda and one large duck. It is a tough one, though. I'm going back and forth on it. I'll go with one Yuki Tsunoda-sized duck. <laughs> I'm going to, just a little bit of consulting here, I th I'm going to suggest that uh, Yuki and his training team, let's get some kickboxing and some mixed martial arts into his training regimen. I know that he doesn't like to exercise. The man he hates, hates physical activity. But not only is MMA fun, but also when people people would be less uh, willing to ask these sort of questions, perhaps in public, if they knew that Yuki could kick their ass. I'm sure he's tired of these Yuki is small jokes. Poor Yuki. Oh, no. So let's get some combat in there. That's the form of exercise that I feel like he could get behind because it's less exercise and more just being mad. And he's great at being mad. Well, I hate cardio and I love doing this stuff because one, it's fun. But two, you don't even think about the fact that you're so tired until you start sparring. Then you're like, okay, I'm very tired. Here's the question. Which Formula One driver is most likely to go to a boxing gym with you and fight you? I feel like Valtteri probably has stealthy hands. I bet that dude, like, I've never actually seen him boxing, but I feel like he, Valtteri Botas could definitely kick some ass. That was stupid. That was corny. Daniel and Lewis, I feel like I've seen them doing, like, martial arts training. Um, oh, Max Verstappen, like, kickboxing is, like, the Dutch national sport. So I feel like Max probably has some experience. I, I know that it, it, they want to avoid injuries, but, man, like, kickboxing, I'm really an advocate for it. Like, my reflexes are so good now. <laughs> Seriously. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I did kickboxing I'm catching for a stuff while, falling off like, the table. I by it. Nice. Elizabeth, Nothing. who are you fighting? Can I pick who I want to fight? Is yeah, pick who I, you want to fight. Here I want to fight Lance Stroll. Okay, okay. I respect that. He's too laid back to fight back, and that's yes. why. Here's my submission. <laughs> I want to fight Charles Leclerc, but he has to wear his banana suit. <laughs> so it's like a Twitch event. like It's like a Twitch stream, and he's All like right. wearing his banana suit. And he looks like, like a cartoon character. Next TwitchCon, you guys will you guys will have yeah. your sparring. Who are we most scared of? I um, I don't know who Valtteri. I'm most scared of. I think I think it has to be. I think it has I'm to picking, be. No, I'm All picking right, yeah. Max because I just don't think he cares. He's never had a consequence in his life. So if he like actually physically hurt me, I don't think it would matter. Ooh, Max hmm. wouldn't do like a one punch. Max would do like fifteen punches. He would like. You know, like when the 14 year old goes up to the like small punching bag at the gym and they just go like, bam, bam, yeah. bam, 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 bam. like that would be Max Verstappen. Like it's yeah. not one punch. It is like 50 of them. And it's you're like, shower okay, punches. calm down, Energizer Bunny, like relax. Anyway, um, we're talking about George Russell, who I don't think would hurt a fly. Um, his final question on Reddit was, like, why, why have there not been a lot of shirtless photos lately? Like, hey, dude, I'm wondering where they're at. And George said, um, I have my time of doing 
odd shirt, the odd shirtless posts here and there. I think in life, quality over quantity is very important. So next time there is a shirtless photo drop, it's going to be quality. And I'm like, okay, but like, uh, like you can't just set expectations that high. George Russell's the type of guy who's, who's not going to just post any shirtless no, photo. No, no, he has to plan that. Okay, but like. You can't just say that and then do a normal shirtless post. Like, you got to be, like, dripping something on yourself or something. Like, this has got to be intense. Where's the chocolate sauce? <laughs> I mean, right, Nolan? Absolutely. I, thank you. I think that's it for news this week, right, Nolan? That is it for news this week. So let's talk about the Mexico City Grand Prix, starting with a circuit at Autodroma Hermanos Rodriguez. Lace up those shoes because it's time to get your step count up with our track walk. And maybe if you walk enough steps, you'll look as good as George Russell in his next Instagram photo. Nice. Um, <laughs> the Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez was built in 1959 thanks to the father of Mexico's most famous racing brothers, Ricardo and Pedro Rodriguez. Hence the name hermanos rodriguez right like you see it yeah um the first formula one championship race was run in 1963 and won by jim clark who that is actually my racing name so that was me i'm fairly certain that if you go into past gas the other donut media podcast we've done an episode on the rodriguez brothers so go and check that out if you want to know more about them elizabeth they are mm. legends they're legends you have to go listen to it the F1 calendar has taken a few breaks from the Mexico City Grand Prix, with championship events run from 1963 through 1970, and then from 1986 to 1992. The Grand Prix returned for good in 2015 after some upgrades, though the track still mostly follows that original 1959 circuit. Uh, and this week, they actually confirmed the circuit's contract through 2025, so we will be back. I'm very glad that they're keeping it on the calendar. I really want to go next week. I, right mm -hmm. before the race even started, I, was, I texted my buddy Felipe. I was like, dude, we got to go to this race. Mm -hmm. uh, it looks so much fun. The atmosphere is so cool. The 71-lap, 2.67-mile circuit is particularly interesting because it has the highest elevation of the season at more than 7,217 feet above sea level. Catch your breath, guys. Wow. Uh, which is 4,590 three-ish feet higher than the second highest at Interlagos in Brazil. And that means that the air is less dense, so elements like the power unit and brakes can be tougher to cool down. Uh, there's less oxygen up there. The less dense air also impacts power unit performance and the level of downforce. Yeah, you're, you can cut through the air a little easier, but you don't have as much oomph to cut through with. So there's some interesting effects on the cars. I was in Mexico City for Formula E, in February and I was also extremely out of shape but you have to climb like three flights of stairs to get from the garage area up to the media center and I thought I was gonna die every time I had to do it and people were like trying to have a conversation with me and I was like y'all are much you guys do this like you you're fit I am not this is the first time I've walked in months <laughs> That is it for our track walk. We're obviously breathing very, very heavy at this elevation. Um, let's get some context of the season going into the race. Elizabeth. Our listeners are already aware that Max Verstappen and his team Red Bull are the drivers and constructors champions, respectively. But there was still some excitement left in the season going into this race. The champion Max Verstappen was on the verge of a brand new record. No driver has ever won more than 13 races in a single season. 
And last week, Max Verstappen matched that record of 13 wins at the U.S. Grand Prix, a record jointly held by Michael Schumacher and Sebastian Vettel. This race was also super exciting because it's Sergio Perez's home Grand Prix. Mexican fans love him just like the rest of us. And this year is especially important because he's locked in a battle with Charles Leclerc for second place in the Drivers' Championship. Because remember, first place is already out of here. Like, that's one. We're done with that. At the beginning of the race, Charles Leclerc had a two-point lead on Checo. And last year was the first year a Mexican driver was on the podium for the Mexico City Grand Prix. So people were really excited excited to see if he would do that again all right qualifying also had some interesting moments uh the first three spots on the grid were verstappen george russell and lewis hamilton which the internet loved very much because russell has earned a little bit of a reputation for taking out the car next to him there's lots of speculation of what was going to happen in turn one most of which i thought was a little overhyped i did not think that george <laughs> would deliberately crash into max on the first lap there. Uh, Ferrari was slower than expected due to DRS and engine issues. So that's why they started a little further down on the grid than we were used to. Bad luck for them. Going into the race, we only had two penalties this week. Lance Stroll was penalized three grid places for causing a collision uh, the previous race uh, with Fernando Alonso. Uh, the crash where he went on two wheels and almost broke his back but kept racing. And Dane Kevin Magnuson was penalized five grid places for use of additional power unit elements. That sucks. You never want to get penalized for something that's not necessarily your fault as a driver. Elizabeth, let's get into the race here. All right. Well, as has been the story this whole season, Max Verstappen made this race look pretty easy. So he now officially holds the record for the most race wins in a season. He also beat second place Lewis Hamilton by nearly 15 seconds. Uh, the given rumor is that Mercedes oh, yeah. is still waiting for Max's medium tires to fall off right now <laughs> as we're speaking. That sounds about right. They, they relied their strategy on that happening and that didn't happen. Considering this new record that Verstappen holds, there are more races now than there have been in the past. Uh, we're setting records for the most races in a season, and in the past there were 15-ish. Uh, but because Max won in Mexico, he officially also has a better win percentage than Sebastian Vettel had when he matched that record in 2013. So if Max wins the remaining races of the year, he'll also beat Schumacher's win percentage. And that's kind of what people are looking at a little bit more is that, that percentage because that will show, yeah. you know, you can win 10 races in a year and win 100% of them if there are only 10 races. So I think he'll probably do it. Um, yeah. Hopefully, I, I just I do want to see Lewis get that win to keep his streak of one win every season going, but I think it's more likely that we'll see Max take the rest of the races. But we'll see. It's, uh, something, I, I, anything I, can I happen. Say, I think this is literally, this is it. This is all we have. This is all we're holding on to. Uh, this is now Max Verstappen's fourth Mexican Grand Prix win. And he also, lo and behold, broke yet another record for the most ever points scored in a season. And he's up for another at the end of the season. Since this is Red Bull's ninth consecutive race win, they're also just two short of McLaren's 1988 all-time record of 11 consecutive Oh, wow. So Red Bull's going for the consecutive win records as well. Yeah. And they'll do it if they win the remaining three races. So, okay, no matter who you're rooting for, I guess there are some, there's still tension left in the season regarding records. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're a big records guy, 
you're gonna be hyped about you this like one. them records <laughs> um i mean there was there was like the tiniest bit of tension during this race um just the tiniest bit right because mercedes put up the tiniest bit of a challenge, kind of, to Red Bull. Obviously, Max Verstappen still won. Red, like, you know, it was Max in first, and it was Checo in third, and Lewis Hamilton got second. But there was this, like, sliver of hope that maybe Mercedes would do something. And this stems from the fact that Max and Checo start on soft tires, right? So their strategy is a one-stop strategy or, you know, could be two-stop, who knows. Uh, They start on softs and then they go to mediums. The Mercedes strategy was start on mediums and then go to hards, right? And so, you know, we're a few laps into this race and George Russell is like, yeah, these mediums are fine. I can make them go a long time because as we've talked about with these tires, the softs are the fastest, but they don't last nearly as long. The mediums are the medium and they last a medium length. The hards are the hardest tires to be on, but they last a long time. That's the idea of strategy here. And George is like, yeah, these mediums are fine. Let's like run them long and put me on softs at the end. And Mercedes is like, absolutely not hards for both of you. Because Mercedes' entire strategy is put on hards and hope no one else's tires work. Like that's just Mercedes' entire thing this year. So Basically, um, they put on these hard tires and they keep telling Lewis Hamilton, who is in second behind Max Verstappen, they're like, Lewis, these mediums are going to fall off any second now. Max is just going to drop like a rock here in a minute and you're going to pass him on hards. Like, yeah, like he's going to have to come in. You're fine. Like the mediums never fell off. (laughs) Like it didn't happen. Max stayed out. Lewis stayed out. The hards never redeemed themselves. And you know what? Like the entire moral of the story here is that hard tires make your life hard. And Mercedes just will not listen to that. They just keep thinking that like they're going to get Red Bull at some point by putting on these hard tires and they're never going to get them. No, no, Red Bull is still going to be out there. So basically Max finished first, Lewis finished second back on those hard tires Checo finishes third. Everyone's very, very excited. Um, Whole entire race, George Russell and Lewis Hamilton are like, these hard tires suck. These hard tires suck. And Mercedes is like, no, it's fine. And then they get to the end of the race and it was not fine. Um, Because, you know, hindsight is 20-20. Well, also, why not? You have two drivers. You know, George was definitely being very vocal about his tires. Everybody heard it on the radio. And... It's like, why not just roll the dice with George? He's already back there in like fourth fourth or fifth place. Like, roll the dice, see what those softs can do. And we did see what those softs can do with Daniel Ricardo. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ooh, Daniel Ricardo time. What happened with Daniel Ricardo? Well, Daniel started in 12th place, and around lap 51, uh, he was battling Sonoda for 11th. Uh, Daniel had a few laps prior pitted for the aforementioned soft tires and was on a real tear. Um, unfortunately, uh, this tear would have a little bit of an asterisk next to it as uh, Daniel Ricardo, in one of these hairpin tight turns, uh, kind of crashes into Sunoda a little bit. You could say he tore through another driver. Yeah, the uh, Yuki's rear tire goes over one of uh, the, the front left of Daniel, sending Yuki's car flying. Yuki says over the radio, what the f*** is he doing? He lost some bits on his car, re-entered the track in 16th place, a, f- a lot of places down. He pitted, expecting a new wing, but it was uh, it looked like one of the uh, suspension tie rods had bent in the uh, ensuing collision, so his race was over. They had to retire the car. Alpha Tauri's Twitter account went pretty hard on the incident. Quote, and that's a retirement for Yuki after being punted in turn five by Ricciardo. Danny was given a 10-second penalty for causing the collision and as a result drove like a man on a mission driving like a bat out of hell. Uh, He kept battling and by lap 61 passed Alonzo into eighth place. People online and in the announcer's booth were like, holy crap, this is the Danny that we love to see. Uh, I think it did help that Danny was on soft, fresh tires compared to everybody else out there on track. A lap later, Danny passed Ocon in for seventh place, and by the end of the race, he had won back that 10-second penalty and got to keep his points. So, sucks for Yuki, and also not the cleanest uh, race there for Danny, but man, it was so cool to see him back in the saddle like that. I almost cried. I almost wept. So many years of being a Daniel Ricardo fan, like, finally paid off. This last year has been so disheartening, and I just try to ignore it and pretend it's not happening by saying I am a professional and have no invested feelings in any of these fellas anymore, but it's not true. (laughs) It's so hard watching Danny because there's some races where you're like, dang, maybe really he, maybe he is washed, you know? And then others, it's like, no, I've always been a strong supporter of Danny. Like yesterday, it's like, (laughs) yes, I've always, I've always believed in him. I knew he could do it. Yes. Nolan, last week you were calling him Putt-Putt Daniel. I know. That's what I'm saying. Maybe it's not hard to be a Daniel fan. Maybe it's just conflicting being me watching Daniel. I don't know. I'm, I feel so conflicted. Like, you put him in the right situation and he's on fire. It's it's hard, man. All he needed was that 10-second penalty in the collision and he was fine. I feel like we just need to get this out of the way at the start of every race and maybe we'd get a win. We've seen yeah. it before when drivers know they have that five or ten second penalty that they got to mm-hmm. uh, uh, make up. They they something just like you know ignites within them. Mm-hmm. Maybe they should just give all the drivers penalties. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll see them, or maybe just give Danny a penalty every race and see what that man can do. I've said it's hard for me to be to watch Danny. I'm gonna say it right now, just on record. Okay. Okay, we have, go. We have not seen the last of Daniel Ricardo. He will come back, and when he comes back, that is my guy. I will go hard <laughs> in the paint for Danny. Uh, I will support him every race. Right. Uh, my doubts right. are no longer because of this performance here. I want to see Daniel Ricardo in track house 
NASCAR <laughs> track house team. Same. NASCAR, the Project 91 car. So track house racing, they have a like a like a spin-off team called Project 91 where they put in like really well-known international drivers, whatever. You know, it's their like star car and they've won they've run one race like this with Kimi Raikkonen and freaking Kimi Raikkonen's in the top 10 in his first NASCAR Cup Series race like this dude is like on fire and then he gets punted, of course, like he gets wrecked, but it was incredible. And that's what I need to see. I need to see Daniel Ricardo in the Project 91 car with Justin Marks and all the track house people. That's what I need right now in my life. I just need Daniel Ricardo and Justin Marks next to each other having Me too. a conversation Me too. and then I could die happy. Formula One, what else happened in the race? Please tell me. All right, so it was Carlos Sainz's best ever finish in Mexico, and the first time he got beyond lap two since Singapore. Congratulations. Did not realize that. Yeah, that's bad news bears. That's got to be so demoralizing. Was it Japan where he wrecked out immediately and like we had this like two hour delay and it was three o'clock in the morning and all the drivers are back in their cars and they show Carlos signs in the garage. And I'm like, what? You got to go to your car. You got to go to your car. And then I was like, no, wait, he wrecked two hours ago. Well, he did it. He did it. He finished. He did it. He did uh, it. Wow. Seeing him mm. not finishing, Fernando Alonso had an engine issue and DNF'd at the end of the race. Nicholas Latifi ended the race a whopping two laps behind everyone else. He was just at the Home Depot. (laughs) Getting his Duracell batteries. Yeah, he was getting his batteries. (laughs) Uh, And the the hometown hero, Sergio Perez, finished on the podium with a massive Checo chant and then shook his finger at the crowd as they booed Lewis Hamilton because he is a sweetheart. We love you, Sergio. He is a sweetheart. We love him. We love him so much. All I can think of is just staring into his eyes and being like, yeah. It was that that gave him the motivation. The race results, uh, top three were Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, and Sergio Perez. Fastest lap was George Russell. Driver of the day was our boy Daniel Ricciardo. And some other changes in the rankings are... Checo is back in second for the World Drivers Championship. Uh, Lewis Hamilton pulled above Carlos Sainz for fifth. Ouch. Mercedes is only 40 points behind Ferrari for the Constructors' Championship, which is horrifying considering that Mercedes has had so much slower of a car for most of the year. Um, McLaren is trailing Alpine by seven points for fourth. Alfa Romeo pulled four points ahead of Aston Martin in their fight for sixth. And Haas is a single point ahead of Alpha Tauri for eighth. Let's go. We love a good eighth place battle in the Constructors' Championship. Got to keep it spicy. You know, people called it a boring race. It wasn't that eventful. You're right. But I just want to say real quick, like, welcome to the show, dude. Welcome. Welcome to F1. We have a very dominant team who won the championship a few weeks ago. That's how the shit goes. Okay, you're not. They can't. They're not all going to be bangers, man. You guys get one season of Lewis and Max going at it. Very climactic season. We weren't going to get another one of those. Okay, we just weren't. I was really hoping we would, though. Uh, <laughs> no. You know, we had six seasons of Lewis just dominating and Mercedes mm-hmm. just dominating. Go back and watch 2016. Go In back and watch those races and tell me that Mexico this weekend was the most boring race of all time. Because I got something to tell you. It, it was fine. 
I got to sit on my couch and eat chips and eat Oreos, watching race cars. Yeah. That's a good weekend for me. Okay. So everybody just relax a little bit. Maybe I need to relax. Uh, and <laughs> you know, just enjoy it. You're not at work. You're watching F1. So let's enjoy How exciting. it. Always be worse. They can't all be bangers. All right. Plus, I thought Japan was worse with the rain and oh, everything. Oh, Japan was horrible. Oh, Japan my was way goodness. worse. People forgot oh. about that after two weeks. It's because everyone was half asleep. Yeah, that's true. that's true. I was literally, I was on my couch for that race, and I was like, I'm going to fall asleep. I'm going to fall asleep. I'm going to fall asleep. Was Singapore like, it was interesting? Awful. I don't even remember Singapore being interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I could not tell you. We're going to have to go back and listen to the podcast. <laughs> like, welcome, just welcome. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the sport. This is F1, you know? You have some good ones. You got some not so good ones. But at least we have our boyfriend of the week. That's right. Boyfriend of the week. Our weekly segment where we acknowledge who's the best. It can be anybody. It can be a driver. It can be a car. It could be a moment. It could be someone on the gridwalk, maybe. Ooh. Hint, hint. You get the Ooh. picture. Who's our? Who's good enough to be our boyfriend of the week? It is middle school rules. It's for the week only. No husbands here. We're not proposing. It's just our boyfriend of the week. <laughs> I think I'll start off. Oh, do it okay i have not been able to find this fine gentleman's name anywhere online in my two minutes of searching but in the in the f1 <laughs> oh, no. in the pre-race show our hosts uh ran into a lovely um skull mascot a dia de los muertos oh skull mascot man who mm-hmm. was uh telling people to come to mexico city he looked very jolly he had a big foam skull mask on his head. The jaw moved up and down when he talked. Ooh. I loved it. I want to see more of this man. <laughs> and uh, I, ha- I also have an honorable mention, but that is my boyfriend of the week. The the adorable, lovely, jovial skull mascot on the gridwalk. Thank you, Alanis. That's perfect. My boyfriend of the week is the NASCAR race because it was actually okay. good. <laughs> Because, you know, everybody was watching Formula One at the same time that the NASCAR race was on. And I was watching both of them. And the NASCAR race, okay, well, it wasn't good, but the end was good, right? And so, like, that made up for it. Um, Everybody's watching Formula One, and they could have been watching NASCAR. Because, as I'm sure you've seen by now, Ross Chastain, who is my husband's favorite NASCAR driver, he needed to make up several positions to qualify for NASCAR's championship race because in NASCAR, we don't decide a championship by points. We decide them by who makes it to the final race and who finishes highest in that race. It's interesting. Um, Ross needed a couple of positions on track to make it in that final race. And this man on the final lap at Martinsville, he sends it into turns three and four and he takes his hands off the wheel, floors it, and rides the wall all the way around to do a lap that was two seconds faster than everyone else and pass like five cars to make the championship race. And you know what? If you didn't have that turned on and you were complaining about the Formula One race, maybe watch some NASCAR sometime, you know? Like, that was incredible. That is my boyfriend of the week. It was the pretty NASCAR spectacular. Race. It was awesome. Yes. It was incredible. Elizabeth, who's your boyfriend of the week? My boyfriend of the week are the penalty points on Pierre Gasly's super license. No, no, that's (laughs) awful. (laughs) It sets us up for something I want to see happen. So essentially, penalty points are awarded when you screw up on track, you do something wrong, um, and it's deemed very bad, more than just a five-second penalty. You get 12 points in a 12-month period on your super license. If you exceed 12, you get a race ban 
Pierre Gasly was given 10 in this last 12-month period, the most recent being for forcing Lance Stroll off the track in Mexico. Pierre has not been pleased with AlphaTauri, uh, and I am hoping beyond hope that he intentionally gets those last two points so that he gets a race ban in Abu Dhabi and just gets a vacation. I just want to see it yeah. happen so, so bad. Just get it out of the way because then after you've served your penalty, the points kind of disappear. You've got a clean slate again and you've got to rack up more points. So he'd start off with Alpine with a totally clean slate. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I'd like to pitch my father of the week as well. Legitimate yes. father. Our friends at uh, Red Flags F1 podcast do a daddy of the week. I'm talking adoption papers. Father. Right. Love it. Sergio Perez's dad. That man yes. was so happy all weekend. So pleased. He was throwing confetti with Checo's kid in the, after the race. It was so cute. He was so excited. The, the man deserves the world. He does. Oh, he really does. I agree. Nolan, you have an honorable mention. Yes. Whoever approved the mariachi F1 theme for this weekend yes. deserves a <laughs> huge raise and a yes. big old kiss Agreed. on the cheek. That was so delightful. I want, I mean, I hope that was just like a trial thing for this race because they need to do this for like every yes. race on the calendar it's so it was so cool when i heard it for the first time i was like what is this so i think universally the formula one theme song um uh, by brian tyler is like universally well loved it's, it's great mm -hmm. it's very kind of it's like pirates of the caribbean-esque theme song yes. kind of like yes. it's it's very and it just gets you in the zone we right to watch theme this race. next time so, oh yeah like vegas I'm so las vegas gets a pirate theme next <laughs> oh year that's goodness. my pitch miami miami with the fake marina put a pirate <gasps> ship in there and mm. then you do the pirate theme um what better of an evolution of a theme song everyone loves than like specializing it to some of the countries so, maybe not so every good. week it was so like, good oh it was so good the mariachi f1 theme song if you have not listened to it Look it up and just like it'll change your life. It's like still in my head. It I'm like, oh so my lovely. goodness. Oh, I can't get over it. Wow, good one, Nolan. Good one. Thank you for listening to the Donut Racing Show. If you liked the episode, please subscribe, tell your friends, tell your enemies, leave us a review, maybe. We could read it on the air. Here's one from official Alex R. Love every host and love the banter. I highly re recommend maybe getting into some of the history of the drivers so there's some more context behind some of the on-track and off-track stuff. Ooh, that's exciting. Thank you, Alex. Maybe we'll talk more about the history of the drivers, too. Our next episode will cover the race in Brazil. And y'all, we've only got... Y'all. <laughs> I'm not from Texas. Y'all. That's me. Our, that's a me line. <laughs> yes. Uh, but we've only got two races left of the season. That's right. Two races, Brazil and Abu Dhabi, right? Yeah, Oof. that's it. All right. Well, even though the championship winners have been crowned, there's still a lot to look forward to. Mercedes is closing the gap with Ferrari for second in the Constructors' Championship, while Sergio Perez and Charles Leclerc are still fighting for second in the Drivers' Championship. McLaren and Alpine are also wrestling for fourth in the Constructors, while Alfa Romeo and Aston Martin battle for mm -hmm. sixth. If you're not familiar with Donut, we have a YouTube channel as well as an automotive history podcast called Past Gas. So go check them out. Also, Alanis Ooh. and I wrote a book about the Rich Energy scandal that took place in 2019 called Racing with Rich Energy. You can buy that wherever books are sold. So go do that. It's good. It's great. It's 10 out of 10. I highly recommend it. And I am not biased at all. 
You could follow ten out of ten unless yeah. you unless you listen to a disgruntled man on the internet somewhere. Then it's like a never one out of ten. Never listen to disgruntled <laughs> men on the internet. That's just a no no right no. there. Uh, you can follow DRS on Twitter at Donut Racing Show. You can follow Alanis at Alanis and King on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Nolan at Nolan J Sykes on both Twitter and Instagram. And as for me, I'm Eliz underscore Blackstock on Twitter and Eliza Blackstock on Instagram. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.